Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. Here are your hosts, pediatrician Dr. Scott Cohen and comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. Welcome, everybody, to the Daddy vs. Doctor podcast. My name is Sebastian Maniscalco. This is Dr. Scott Cohen. Today, very interesting topics. We got everything from what? Behavior to... Sexual education, tantrums, toddler always saying no. And we're going to talk about state of affairs right now with illnesses in the world. Yes, I got a theory on what's going on with today's kids and how much illness we're seeing. Stay tuned. So a lot of different topics uh, today on the show, um, ranging from sex education to uh, tantrums to uh, what else the hell? What else came in today? Pooping. Pooping. Behavior. Which is, which is always a big yeah. one. Uh, what I want to get into today is a little... Um, Kind of something new to the show. Okay, it's 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 current. It's what's happening right now in Los Angeles. Although this might air several weeks after this, a lot of illness going on right, right. now, ripping through schools, yep. hand, foot, and mouth. Yep. RSV. Now I'm hearing strep throat. What the hell is going on with all this illness? And you, as a pediatrician, seeing this on a day-to-day, is this just another day at the office? Or are you going, is there something going on? Which I I'm, I believe something Sorry. is going on with illness in kids that we did not see 40 years ago. Right. Now, I may be attributing to everything's a lot more mobile now where you got people migrating from state to state mm-hmm. and maybe maybe you know 40 years ago people basically grew up in the city that mm-hmm. they are from is it a migration issue are you seeing a problem with this Be- or am i seeing a problem with this because i'm a parent now and i'm like in the weeds so I think it's multifactorial. I think we are absolutely seeing much more volume of illness this year. As a pediatrician, these aren't illnesses that are new to us. We always saw RSV and hand, foot, and mouth and strep throat and, and all these illnesses. But the sheer volume, you're right, this year is has increased. And I think there's a couple of reasons. For the last two and a half years with COVID, we really didn't see these issues because COVID sort of took over and inhibited all these other viruses and infections from coming in. So a lot of people haven't been sick for two and a half years. We're not used to the norm of being a parent where we used to say from September to March, your child's going to be sick. They're going to have a cough and cold for three weeks. They're going to be better for two days and it's going to come back. And that's what are typically seeing as a pediatrician from basically September to March, kids have cough and colds on and off. You know, what we don't realize as parents is 
most children get 10 to 12 colds or illnesses in the first two years of their life. And if you think of it, most of it comes in the wintertime. So you really are just sick all the time, but that's normal. Those are normal illnesses, normal immune system reactions. I saw a great meme the other day, which was basically that RSV was in the gym working out while COVID was out. It's just been pumping iron. And then COVID left and it just came out 10 times stronger. And I think that's a good visual. I think all these viruses were hiding out there, just waiting. And now they've all had the chance to come out because one, COVID has decreased. Number two, we took off masks, thankfully. Number three, all the all the socializations back. The kids are back in school. We're having play dates. So to your point, it's easier for these infections to spread because we're all together again, which we haven't had for two and a half years. Yeah. So that's why it's much higher nowadays. Growing up, yeah. nobody had hand, foot, and mouth. I'm glad you're calling it that. People call it hoof and mouth. Oh, well, yeah, well, so. well, I, I never heard growing up, what's wrong with fr uh, Frankie? He's got hand, foot, and mouth. If, if you would have heard hand, foot, and mouth right. in 1981, that's you're going to the hospital. Right. I'm thinking, and I'm sorry to say this, something's going <laughs> on with illness that I haven't seen in 49 years. I'm telling you, bro. You got. I, mean, I know you, you're, you need, you're on the you, front no, lines. You need, to, you need to solve this. I Look, I think we hear about it more. We definitely see it more. To your point, when we were kids, right, if you were going to the doctor, you thought you were dying. Your parents only took you to the doctor if you were dying. Yeah. Otherwise, you went to school. Yeah. Right? And and we're seeing a lot more of these cough and cold illnesses for all the reasons we said. And I mean, in the office, it is, it's just crazy. I mean, thankfully, kids do really well. But- all these illnesses come and, and they sh they show up with a similar group of symptoms, right? Typically fever for up to three days, sometimes up to five, congestion and cough, and then fever goes away and cough and congestion sort of linger for a couple weeks. So that's typically all these hand, foot, and mouth gives these rashes, sore throats, yeah. compilation of symptoms. Adrian, what's okay. going on, man? What, gentlemen? How are you? Are you on the run? Uh, yeah, I'm running away from my problems. Uh, so, uh, to, no, I'm actually. Yeah, go ahead. No, actually, what? What are you doing? No, I'm working. That's why. That's oh, why I was going to tell you guys. Um, I'm at work right now, and I'm trying to run away to have this intimate conversation. So, Adrian, I have a 12 and a 14-year-old, two girls, so I heard you were coming on the show to tell me how to talk to them about sex. So I really appreciate you being here. Go for it. Let me know how to do it, please. I need a pediatrician and a comedian to tell me how to do it. That's funny because I called Sebastian for him to tell me how to do it. So we're all in the same Oh, So this is all Sebastian right now then. Right. But yeah, yeah. I mean... My wife and I are running into is you know, trying to have that talk. And the big reason why is because the kids are heading into uh, high school next year, completely different environment than middle school. Um, and in their middle school environment, like when I was growing up, I remember talking to them and to my wife about having crushes, like a fifth grade crush, even a third grade crush. And her likewise, just having these kind of feelings. But we see that that's not happening a lot with uh, with our kids you know they seem very comfortable in their environment we ask them do you have a crush on someone you like and no they're like no we don't so 
we're trying to we're we're not we're okay with having the conversation it's just hasn't presented itself so i don't know if it's something in their environment something that i don't know if they're lacking that we had as kids as far as intimacy or sexuality so i just don't know where to kind of have that you know conversation when put and, and we don't want to have a conversation where it's just going to be make them uncomfortable in a certain sense you know because it's they're going to come to us and say, well, what are you talking about? No, we don't have these fears, but I don't know. How did you hear about it? So I was, uh, I was, I was making out at a young age in the backyard. Uh, I would set up these little, uh, like little lawn chairs and make like a little fort and bring this girl, Kathy into my fort. Now I kind of found out through trial and error Uh, I was never really sat down and uh, told about the birds and the bees other than in fifth grade Mm -hmm. when they had the presentation and and what have you. Um, So, I I mean, I I don't think they really, I I don't even think my mom knew I was having sex at 16. It was not a big topic in the house. Uh, In regards to Adrian's question, do you bring it up? out of the blue or is this something that you're covering in the office when they come in do you start saying hey you having sex yet i was very bluntly first thing when they walk in it's tuesday are you having sex yet no you know i think it really depends on the child because every child's maturity level and their questions can be different and it doesn't have to be out of the blue out of the blue i think there's a lot of teachable moments in life you know something they ask you about a class they're taking, like you mentioned, fifth grade, they usually do a health class about the human body and puberty. So that's a teachable moment about how your body's changing. Seventh grade and often ninth grade, they'll do these health and sex education classes where they're talking more about sexually transmitted diseases, pregnancy. So asking questions about what they're hearing in school, what they know, what they're interested in. I think going about it following their cues may be a better way than having an uncomfortable situation. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to be one conversation. I think there may be multiple conversations. You know, I, I sit with seventh graders that you can just tell when you talk to them, their maturity level, they're not ready and they're not even thinking about relationships or sexual interactions at all. So you broach other things first leading up to that. I have seventh graders who come in and seem to know much more than I know. So then it's a different conversation. So I think it depends on the child. I remember with my first daughter in seventh grade talking to her about these things and it was a lot of la, 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 la. My little one was like, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. She always wanted to, she was Hmm. more interested in it. So I think every child is different. You have a son and a daughter. They're twins. Twins. Yeah. yeah. Same age. So do you set them down? together or is this like you No, i I, never it was never so you know straightforward sit down let's talk about sex it was as things came up as questions came up as experiences happened then we went into those discussions um and i think there are a lot of those teachable moments you're watching tv with them and there may be a kissing scene or they're talking about their friends starting relationships or they're starting relationships or they're talking about how their body changes those are good ways to ask questions about those things what do you know what questions do you have and i think being very honest you know not making up names for private parts i remember i had a dad call me one time and and he kept saying um my daughter has a rash this was a younger child a rash 
on on the the Houdini and I said what and he said you know like the Twinkie and and he kept making up names where are we talking about we're two grown men are we talking about a vagina yeah we're talking about a vagina so we can use those terms with our children so that they know you know we're not calling wow. testicles M&Ms because then Halloween is a whole different story well uh apparently um we're we're still on the nickname phase in the house oh you're doing that we have to talk yeah. well no like Serafina calls it her coochie wapta. Uh huh. So do I go? No, it's your vagina. You can or? say you can use the real term. You can mention it as a real term. She can call it that. But okay. you can say. But have you have your kids, um, Adrian? Have they asked you questions, or you're just sort of preempting? Yeah, we're preempting. Yeah, we want to make. Sure, and again, especially because they're rolling into high school, and and the one of the one of the things that we got in perspective about them going into high school that i never really thought of that we never really thought of is they're going to their children that eventually are going to be also commingling with young adults right you know with 17 18 year olds and their that perspective is much different than it is for a 13 or 14 year old rolling into high school so it's more preemptive we're trying to be proactive yeah. with this conversation uh but current state as kind of to what you mentioned it doesn't seem as if it, there's anything that's triggering those conversations whether it be at home with us and we're comfortable with with having the conversations like that with them right um it just hasn't you know presented itself right and you know none of none of what their environment is presenting that conversation to take place we just want to be as proactive as possible but we don't want to make them uncomfortable we wanted to relate to something that they're exposed to let's more likely at school mm. or anything else and be ready to present that it just hasn't happened and i think it's it, I, I just want to make sure that they're prepared for 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 those conversations or those perspectives once so let's say something does happen or something presents right. itself to them. And, th and that's why i think being proactive and opening those lines of communication are good you can say to them hey if you ever have any questions that's why we're here let's talk about it and then yeah. finding these teachable moments where as topics come up with other boys and girls at school, relationships. And like you said, it's not just one conversation with one person. It is something the school classes are gonna be talking about. Other kids are gonna be talking about. Hopefully their pediatrician is talking to them about it. So as these things come together, they're again, moments that we can you know, layer and discuss, you know, books. There are lots of books because you have to remember, right? Anything they hear from you is going to be better than another kid at school or the internet. Right. And and that's the bottom line. Every, you know, we, we tell these kids, anything you hear from your friends, 50% is wrong. Not because they mean to lie. They just don't have all the information. So being open and honest and opening those lines of communication and being proactive, I think is a good thing. I think you're doing it right. And sort of following their cues with oh, it, okay. and and even though they're twins, right? They're individuals, so they may have different ideas and come at it a different way, and be ready at it at a different time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it sounds like as if we're in the right track, then. Yeah. Thanks, Adrian. Really appreciate so. your time. You know what? I'm more concerned about you taking company time to talk about <laughs> sex education to two strangers. Hey, you know what? Um, family values come first, you know? I mean, I have to think of the family, you know? So uh, that's why I'm hiding in the broom closet to make sure I have these conversations with you guys. <laughs> well, thanks for calling in, brother. We do appreciate it. Likewise. I appreciate it. Big fan, Sebastian, and now bigger fan of Dr. Cole.
Hey, thank you so much. We'll get all the kids together. Let's just give it to them straight. Yeah. All right. Uh, Full sex talk. That's right. That's what we need. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Adrian. Now, Thank you. do you believe in, because uh, I was kind of scared into wearing a condom or mm-hmm. sc- like like my, my mother always said, you better not get anybody pregnant. That was like mm-hmm. prevalent in the house. Yeah. And I kind of adhered to that. Okay. Is that something that uh, is recommended when having, I mean, obviously you want your kids to be safe, but I think it was like beaten into me where I was, I had one, I had a condom constantly you were wearing available. it to school yeah i put yeah. it on <laughs> just in case just was walking around <laughs> yeah no we talk about obviously safe sex practices the most important thing we tell all kids obviously the only 100 percent way to prevent a pregnancy or sexually transmitted disease is abstinence at abstinence yes uh that's a good word for you and not having sex um and then if there comes a time obviously some form of protection you know to your point i remember going to sleepaway camp i was like 12 they give you a list of the clothes and the deodorant, how many pairs of everything to go. And, and my mom took me to CVS and we're going around the aisles and we're checking off the list and we get to the checkout and there's a box of condoms. And I said, mom, what's this? And she goes, well, you never know. We never had to talk about it at all. She said, never know. I said, well, I know I'm, I'm not going to need those. It wasn't anywhere close. wasn't in that headspace at all. Those things expired before I ever used them. So yeah, I still have them. <laughs> Can, a, can a, a condom expire? Yeah, I think they have expiration dates. Yeah, I know, but like, is that just for uh, legality? Uh, or no, I, I mean, think that, I mean, now you're asking me like condom <laughs> questions, pediatric condom <laughs> questions. I'm just saying, if you're in the I, office I think and the kids more, are asking, more risk of breaking <laughs> if they have you know spermicide on them. There's probably a you know use by date. Oh it's yeah, like a, what right? was that? Wasn't the spermicide supposed to kill the, kill sperm, the sperm just in case exactly. it did escape? Another, another level of protection. Gotcha. All this right. is good. There we go. That's First good. Sex I'm helping question. out your. Uh, yeah, your I, 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 are I, you wearing a condom right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do I have just... some in the car just in case. Um, Hi. Hey, Victoria. What's going on? Can you hear me? Not much. I'm glad. Thank you for accommodating my my time while I'm trying to juggle things at work. <laughs> Does the boss know you're on the Zoom, or is this something that you're doing on the DL? Um, so the boss probably am I being recorded now, or how is this working? Yeah, no, you're on. You're live. Everything's being captured. Uh, all right. So, um, the boss doesn't know, but there are marketing people that I work with, and they do know. So I have their their permission. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> Everybody seems to be hiding just to talk to us. Well, I think this is what's happening across the country at a lot of different businesses. People are using company time for their own personal shit. So, so we, we we don't blame you. I, I would be doing the same thing. I used to work at United Airlines. Well, everyone is everyone is taken care of. We're we're good. Oh, good. Well, good. Um. I used to work at United Airlines Employees Credit Union, by the way. This is back when I graduated. But by the way, I graduated college. Side note, before we get into uh, uh, the diaper, um, full-blown degree, corporate communications, right. got a job right out of high school, working in data entry at United Airlines Employees Credit Union, $6 and 50 cents an hour what an education they were lucky to have you yep and uh i was doing the same thing you were doing i was using company time to take naps 
So uh, nothing like going into the bathroom in the handicap stall and taking a nap on that rail. Um, well, at least you have space. I mean, it's quite spacious in the handicap stall, so can't complain. <laughs> so terrible. Um, yeah. All right. So what's the problem with the three-year-old? Uh, I mean, I figured if I can't figure it out, who can? But so um, my beloved Frankie, he's three, um, and he mastered urinating on the potty. He stands on the potty. He sits on the potty. He goes in the yard, loves it. Sounds and like then it. when it's time to poop on the toilet, he won't. Yeah. And when he does, he does like little like nugs. And so the moment you put a diaper on him, he lets loose. And I'm trying to have the approach of he'll do it when it's ready. But then you're like, is he going to go to prom in a diaper? So it's that balance of what else can I do besides, you know, having him do what's comfortable but also, like, moving this potty training thing along. Yeah, there was only one, there was only one kid at my prom that had a diaper on. So I think you're going to be okay there. Okay. No, I'm kidding. That's it? No, yeah, that's it. That's, that's, the, it. that's I mean, Dr. Dr. Cohen's attempt at doing humor, which... At, uh, at 6.50 an hour, <laughs> that's, what, that's what you get from me. Hopefully he wore exactly. brown yeah. Did he wear brown tux? Yeah, no. See? <laughs> Now it's just going over the edge. So, so you you know the so. Let him wear the diaper. I, I know, know, I know. So as parents, we you know our kids are anal retentive, and we're even more anal retentive. We just want them. They're peeing in the potty. Why aren't they pooping in the potty? We equate this to intelligence. He's so smart. Why can't he do this? Just do it. But it has nothing to do with this. He has to do it on his own time. Because you know that if you don't give him a diaper, what happens? He holds the poop. Then the poop gets hard. Right? (laughs) Then it hurts. Then he says, hey, when I poop, it hurts. So I'm going to hold it even more. And it's a vicious cycle that will take longer and longer to pie train. The other thing that I try to do is, okay, let's wear the diaper and sit on the toilet so you can poop. No. No. No, ma, I don't want to. Yeah, you may get to that point. So I usually start with, you tell him however you want to poop, honey, you can poop. You want a diaper, I'll give you a diaper. When you're in the diaper, ask him exactly. Do you want to sit on the potty? Or maybe he says no. And then after he goes, do you want to come with me and put it in the potty? Just taking those baby steps to get us closer to the toilet. And then eventually he'll sit there and then he'll go. But nobody goes to college with a diaper. And and honestly, it happens. But the more you push it and the more you make it a thing in a fight, the more he's going to want to do it and hold it. I mean, at what age do you say... All right, this is, you know, we're getting into... I I could add a couple things here. Number one, I want to go back to her statement about the kid going outside, okay? Okay. Now, Caruso, my son, my wife's like, just let him go outside. And I'm like, I I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't want him whipping his dick out at 16 at a party just urinating all over the trees. What's, What's the take on going to the bathroom at a young age on the lawn 
in, in, in you know on the side of the road what, what, what what's the take on that I, I think it's nice to teach a child where to go to the bathroom so they know where to go to the bathroom you're not going to have them standing in your bed and peeing on your mattress well what i'm saying was he's outside like we were playing in the yeah. backyard and and then my wife's like yeah just take it take it out and and, and do it yeah. here Is no, that- i know we've all done it i i don't think that hurts anything long term as long as he also knows really this is the place because also you don't want him going to school and he's in the yard and he goes in the corner and he says my dad told me if well, i that's... see a chain link fence i can go that, pee in the that, that's my concern and you know the school you're gonna get a call from the school <laughs> on that one so and number two my daughter is five and a half and she's still going uh she's urinating in her diaper mm-hmm. at night yeah she only wears a diaper at night now I had talked to you about this yeah. going, you know, all right, five and a half, and we're still pissing the, in, in the diaper. Uh, and you had said, don't worry, it's going to, like, resolve it's itself. It's going to resolve itself. Nighttime's a totally different beast. Nighttime is a brain-bladder connection. You can't train the night. People think, oh, take off the diaper. They stay dry. Most likely, they're just going to keep wetting. So... You know, it's still normal up until six years old, meaning, you know, a good percentage, 10 to 20% of six-year-olds still nighttime wet. And that's normal. And even after six, any behavioral modification things we do, limiting fluid, peeing before bed, sometimes we do wakening at night, sometimes we do alarm pads that wake up everybody in the house except your child are really no better than a 50-50 shot. So if the child doesn't mind it at night, you keep them in a diaper till you have many, many dry mornings. Otherwise, you're changing sheets. During the day, same thing. There's not an age. I mean, I had a five-year-old in the practice that the parents said, we can't take it anymore. They said, our child is a genius. She's so smart. She can do everything. She pees in the potty. She has to be able to poop in the potty. We are getting rid of every diaper. They threw out every diaper in the house. She's no longer getting a diaper. I got a call two weeks later. That child held their poop for two weeks to the point she was screaming, crying because she was in pain because she only wanted the poop in the diaper. Nobody would give it. I give her the diaper. She gave her the diaper. She relaxed a little while longer. It happened. And then she eventually did it. So every child gets there, but we really want this thing to be on their terms because otherwise it's going to be really painful. Yeah. So just wait this out, let the kid use the diaper, and uh, I would concentrate more on getting some work done during work hours. I got everything taken care of, Sebastian. <laughs> if, I, if I couldn't do this, I, I'd say no. I'm, I'm kidding, I'm <laughs> I kidding. Like, I not miss talking with you guys about my son and his bowel habits. So yes, someone is making sure everyone's okay and I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, Thanks so, for coming on. Yeah, we... mean, unfortunately, his son has an impatient mother. So we'll we'll see how this works. It's parenting. It's a yeah. more our issue. You'll be fine. Thank you for calling in. I Thank really do you. appreciate it. Bye bye. Right, take care. Bye bye. See, don't you find a lot of parenting issues? It's actually more about us as parents. Like we want something that if we just gave it a beat, the kids are going to be okay. You know, you offer. Oh, do you want to try? But if the child doesn't want to, it's okay. Yeah, I just think again, impatience. Come on, let's. You know, like if you. This is another problem. She's probably comparing notes with her friends. I was just about to say, right? We all my my child potty trained at two and a half. Yeah, yeah. Oh, your kid's three. Oh, there's something wrong with your kid. We do that with everything. Yeah, walking. I remember walking. Serafina wasn't walking, and we know other kids that were walking, and we're like, "That's it. What does she need a wheelchair?" Right. So it's it, it, it's we go to like the the worst place when our kids 100%. not 
keeping up with the rest of the pack. But anyway, good stuff on uh, on the three year old and the diaper. Who is next here on the uh, Daddy vs. Doctor podcast? Hello. What's Hi. going on? What's happening? Hello, how are you? Good, good. Your handle doesn't have your name. Oh, it's Kim. I know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to do that. It's okay. Kim. One up. What's up, Kim? Hi, uh, Kim. This is Dr. Cohen. My name is Sebastian. Hi, Welcome. Doctor. How Hi. are you? Welcome Hi. to the uh, Daddy versus Doctor podcast. So today, what brings you on the show? I have almost four-year-old twins, and um, one of the things that we're starting to get into is that they just blatantly say no. <laughs> and I'm I'm kind of struggling with how do I not like yell or you know i mean i'm getting down on their level i'm talking to them and they blatantly say no and i just don't know and then they follow each other if one does one thing one does the other so it's kind of it's it's super frustrating they're good like 99 percent of the time but this no thing and and so adamant about being you know no i'm not going to bed i'm not getting in my bed like that type of thing is just driving me insane <laughs> okay i could speak to this a little bit i have a five-year-old and a three-year-old and my three-year-old's a little bit more resilient he's you know we want to get him ready in the morning we want to put some shoes on no and it's it's said in a way where you're like mother you're like <laughs> you know it's it's not like a nice no right, it's like i'm running the show no right yeah um and again i tend to get a little loud not like it's crazy but mm. uh my wife tends to believe that yelling and volume increase is not the way to go or not the way to parent. I don't know. Growing up, it seemed to work for me. Yeah. Fear. Fear. Fe yeah. Is what fear. So is, fear. is fear-based communication something that's frowned upon when the kid is not doing what you want him to do? I, th I think that it's not one size fits all. And I think a lot of times what happens is when we escalate the situation, then they try to get above us and escalate. And then it's a constant battle, right? Like you're screaming, now they're screaming louder and you're not getting to that point. You know, it is good for kids to learn that not everything is the same tone and the same answer because then they can't differentiate when things are really dangerous or the answer is no, because it's always like, Everything's okay, right? Um, but it is nice to acknowledge like you're doing. I think there's some hard and fast. You try to negotiate, you try to give them options, but then you got to get to school. So there's a point where, I'm sorry, Caruso, we're just yeah. putting on your shoes and you can kick and scream all you want. We got to get out of here, right? Kids this age do really well with routine and repetition. So expectation. So you mentioned bedtime routine, having a similar bedtime routine. So we know what we're doing. We're going to brush our teeth. We're going to read a book. We're going to turn the lights off and sing a song. And then we're going to bed. But then you really need an end point because it's always at this age, one more, one more, one more glass of water. I need to go to the bathroom. I want to go kiss mommy. Good night. And it has nothing to do with the one more. They just want to see what else they can get. Mm -hmm. And if they get it, they're going to keep trying. So I think that routine and repetition in a box is very helpful. And you try to find ways where they're making decisions so they can say, yes but then there are some hard and fast we need to move on like you got we have to leave and go to school we have to take a bath then we have to do it sometimes kicking and screaming right yes 
Exactly. Yeah. And and to piggyback on that, uh, when this is happening, is it primarily with you? Is there a father in the house? And yeah, it's primarily with me. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it's more like mom. I, I'm going to fight mom. Right. Okay. And I had the same thing. But it, it was is, with me. It is, two, it is two of them. And then it's like they follow each other. And then I just feel ganged up on. <laughs> and I'm like, they're going to win. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna get me. So I I do feel like I, 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 I too, like you, you get louder and louder. And then I just, I feel like a three-year-old and I don't want to do that. And a lot of times I just like, especially with the bedtime stuff, they won't go to sleep, get it back in your bed, get back in your bed. They won't do it. I just kind of shut the door and I'm like, I can't take it anymore. Right. I'm just, well, we've talked I'm just going to let you play. I can't tell, take it anymore, but I feel like they're winning. No, but you know, we <laughs> talked about that. The parents sort of taking the time out to calm down and come at it at a different level. You know, this is a good age. We've talked about positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement. And when you tell a child, great job and don't, and you did poorly to them. It's the same thing. It's attention in a way, right? Whether it's positive or negative. I don't love just giving a present every time you do something good and a punishment every time you do something bad because half the time they don't care about either, right? I used to say, oh, if you keep acting like this, we're not going to the birthday party. Then, oh, we're going to the birthday party. I don't want to be here with you for the next two hours acting like this. And it was hard for us to go through with the punishment. We talked about the jar with Serafina. So, you know, one nice method rather than just like a sticker chart is having them work toward a goal, which a four to five-year-old could understand. You get a jar, you place a line on the top of the jar, set up a present that they're really looking forward to. It's going to take a while to get there. And you get some pom-poms or something visual. And every time they do things you like, and it can be multiple times a day, you played so nicely with your brother, you listened to mommy, we went to bed on time, you go and put the pom-pom in the jar. And whenever they have these moments that aren't the best moments, when it's done, you go with them and you take the piece out of the jar. And what they're seeing is that there's a rise and fall and you're working toward a goal. And there've been some great studies on this because what we usually do with kids is the equivalent of telling an employee, at noon, I'm gonna walk around and if you're doing your job, you're gonna get a raise. Well, everybody's gonna do their job at noon and no other time. But the jar is the idea of any time today, if I walk around and you're doing your job, you're gonna get a raise. Everybody's gonna really work hard hoping I see them. And that's what we wanna do. We wanna have them work towards something. Yeah, we haven't done the jar. We've yeah, done well, we've done the sticker board okay. where we're putting a sticker up and we're working towards <laughs> a goal. Again, I think a lot of this is I don't remember growing up and having all these different variations of how to raise kids. Mm -hmm. It just seemed like okay, mommy and daddy were the authority figures. We listened to them mm -hmm. and that's it. I don't know where the train fell off the tracks with today's kid basically running the show. Sure. I mean, right? I mean, I know it's fear. It's that I I grew up like not that I was ever like hit or beat or anything, but if my parents like you know raised their voice, I was scared. Like I knew that I was in trouble. And I don't, I don't know how they know that I, uh, they think I'm joking around or something. Yeah, what? I, I, I don't know where that happened. I know, my <laughs> girls still are laughing at me at 12 and 14. They listen to my wife really I well. I mean, I think consistency, you know, and if you're going to do it, you stick with it because if they know they can get away with things and they get it, if they keep pushing, then they keep pushing. 
And it's also normal, normal behavior at this age. And we all ended up okay, it, whether it was our generation or their generation. The truth is, it's not one size fits all. And in the end, we all ended up okay. I mean, you're still afraid of your father. No, oh, yeah, I'm, that, I'm, so. I'm petrified of my family. Um, <laughs> all right, try to jar. Just jar. Try to jar, see to if jar. that works. If not, continue to yell. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I got to enforce some fear in them. That's what I, you know. I don't want you to feel defeated. You seem defeated. Don't be defeated. Every night at bedtime, I feel defeated. It's such a, to get two of them to bed at the same time is, is. You, you always, sound like me. I would go in always. and then it was hell breaking loose. And then I'd, and I'd be like, you take it. And she could, my wife could do it in like two seconds. Oh. Yeah. Where do you live? She'll come over. She's great. She's yeah. yeah. <laughs> have her come over. Um, I do have a medical question if I if I Yeah, have yeah, sure. The boy, the boys are actually just getting over COVID. And I'm I'm in the process. Um, I'm wondering, should I beef up some vitamins for them? Should I is there anything I can do to try to help their immune system like get back into it i mean I, I know it's just like it was just like a little cold for them they didn't even have a fever but they were just very warm yeah um but yeah they both just had it over the weekend well first of all i'm glad they were okay i mean this is something we've talked about we saw in kids thankfully as parents and pediatricians that the severity of covid in kids during this whole two and a half years was much less than adults and even with the newer strains thankfully still not as severe and usually it is a couple of days of fever at worst if at all and some cold symptoms and really like any virus whether it's covid or anything else it's really just keeping to a nutritional diet um if they want to do a multivitamin that's fine honestly do i think it really makes a difference of them getting a virus or not probably not if they're exposed the chance of you getting it whether you're taking the vitamin or not um, is still there um, the best things you can do for most illnesses is if there is a vaccine for it you try to get the vaccine to help prevent it um, good hand washing limiting contact with other sick people um, are really sort of the three best things. And then thankfully, if you do get sick, especially in kids, kids are very resilient and usually get through it really well. Um, that's really your, your best your best bet. Yeah. All righty. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. I appreciate you calling in. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, the, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in our discussion in regards to what's going on today with illness, a lot of illnesses, a lot now. of illness. Yeah. And, and I keep re referring back to when I was a kid and I don't know if I'm onto something here mm -hmm. with illness being a lot more prevalent in today's society yeah. than it was 40 years ago when I was growing up, but we'll save that, put you, a button you, in You it. figured it out? No, I'm looking for a book or someone uh -huh. to think to to validate my what I'm seeing, got it, and nobody's been able to do it. Oh wow! Okay, okay. Right. there we we'll go. Talk about it. Yeah. That's it. Moving on. Hello. Hey, Katie, Sebastian, and Doctor Cohen here. Daddy versus Doctor. What's happening? Hi. And uh, we understand there's a violent toddler in the home. Is that right? Very violent. Yes, that is correct. All right, give us the give us what's going on. Is he beating the shit out of you, or what's 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 happening? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so if he doesn't get his own way, then that's it. He's literally throwing tantrums on the floor, and I mean, he's like going 
um, he, he would go dead weight on the floor. So I'll try and pick him up. I'll try and calm him down. I'll try and give him a cuddle. Um, and then with that, it's just full on attack. Um, he'll punch me. He'll headbutt me. He'll swing his head about. Mm. Um, he bites me. He's bit me to the point of bleeding before. It's just really, really awful sometimes. Right, well, how old? He's two. Two. So is this uh, kind of normal behavior? Is this something outside the box? No, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, it is normal behavior. Um, I don't think he's going to be a, a bad child later on in a detention center somewhere. Um, we hear about this behavior a lot. So just know that you're not the only one out there probably feels that way, but absolutely not. And it tends to be a lot of attention seeking behavior. So basically, you know, when he bites you, when he hits you, when he's throwing the tantrum, he's looking for your attention. So even going over and picking him up or trying to talk to him is the attention he's looking for. So he just thinks, all right, if I don't get my way another time and act like this, mommy's going to give me that attention. So it's tough, but I think actually the best thing to do, let's say he bit you, is say no once so he knows you're upset. No, you don't bite mommy. So he knows the response is not a good one put him down and walk away and let him have his fit. And right. that fit could be screaming, banging his head, doing whatever he needs to do. And then when he calms down, you go back to him and pick him up and explain whatever caused it. You can't have the remote control, here's your truck. You can't bite mommy, that hurts. We love each other, big hugs. So what you're doing is you're ignoring the behavior, you're ignoring the escalation, but you're giving attention to the calm down. Yeah. And that's what's going to reinforce, hey, I get attention for the positive actions. And then when he does things you like, go over the top, giving him positive feedback. So he wants to act like that to get your attention rather than beating the floor for your attention. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we've had similar issue at home uh, with tantrums. Um, however, when they go to school... Mm they you don't see any of it it's absent at school you ask the teacher is he doing tantrums is he biting people no it's pleasant kids great why in the hell is this happening at home right. and not outside the house because he loves you the most is that <laughs> no i mean a little bit you know, I actually, when I hear that from parents, because I hear that a lot, I actually take that as a good thing because then you know it's 100% behavioral. They are able to behave the way you want them to. They're choosing not to. As a child who had developmental issues, who would do it in any type of environment because they have no control of it. I remember, to your point, going to our first preschool, you know, I don't know, teacher, parent-teacher conference. And the teacher said, your daughter is the best behaved, the best listener, the best sharer. And I looked at her and I said, point to the one you think is my daughter. Because it's things you never saw at home, yeah. but she's perfect at school. So that makes you even more angry as a parent because you're like, you could do it. Why are you doing it for me? Yeah, Nobody's yeah. paying me. Yeah. Right? No. I, I, is, is he doing it with, uh, is there a father in the home? Yeah, yeah. Um, he doesn't do it with his dad at all won't do it with his dad his dad um see i have no authority whereas his dad would literally just say right no you don't do that simple as that you don't do it um and he kind of has boundaries with his dad so he just knows not i, I just it's really really strange yeah that a lot yeah so uh my wife my son gets away with murder right with me not so much right so it's just just uh 
a maternal issue with kids where, you know, they're so connected because, you know, obviously they, they were in the womb and the father is almost like a stranger. <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's who they know they can get away with because I know like in my house, it's the exact opposite. So I think a lot of it is the authoritarian, authoritarian discipline of it. So they see your husband as more the authoritarian and they're not going to get away with it because he's just not going to put up with it. Right. And they get a little more touchy feely yeah. love from you, which is great, but they know they can push it a little more. Yeah. So it's finding that sort of balance because we don't have to parent the same way as yeah. parents, obviously. But so, in summation, reward the good behavior and uh, don't pay attention to the bad behavior. And he should stop this by tomorrow morning. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Fingers crossed, eh? <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for calling, calling on. In. All right, I want to ask you something before we go. It's about snot. Yeah. Do you think about these the night before? Like, are you just like, I got to ask Scott about this is all just, is, this is it just you. going through the day? Like I blew uh, Serafina's nose uh -huh. today. So I said, blow yeah. your nose. And she blew out green. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, Caruso blew out clear. Yeah. And then you thought of me. Thanks. And then I thought, yeah. what a wonderful topic right. mm -hmm. for the show. Yeah. Is there a difference between yes. mucus green and uh -huh. clear? Yes. Uh, but. It's not what you think. It's the longer. The, let, let me tell you what I think. Yeah. What do you think? I'm thinking green. Uh -huh. I'm thinking <laughs> we're in the fucking meat of it. Yeah. Here. Worse infection. We're, yeah. We're we're blowing it out. This is this is we're getting the we're getting it all. Mm -hmm. And clear. I'm thinking eh, it's gonna yeah. go away soon. Yeah. So what you're thinking is what most people think when it gets the green and yellow, it's more severe. And that's not the case. It just means it's been there longer. So the longer mucus is there, it turns colors to green and yellow because of the cells that get into the mucus. It has nothing to do with the severity. It of the doesn't cold. actually mean the severity. So I'll give you an example. You'll like this because you like math references because you're so good at math. Yeah. So a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. All right. That's a true statement. When you have like a I'm sinus still, I'm, infection, I'm still lost on that. No, I'm going to tell you why. When you have a sinus infection, you typically have yellow, green, thick mucus. Okay. But when you have yellow and green thick mucus, it doesn't mean you have a sinus infection. I just my brain don't it's even. Like, you didn't. You're back I, on. You're my, thinking no. about triangles. No, no. Yeah, I'm still it's on like, the rectangle and how you fit that into the in, into I the just triangle an analogy. That was hard, <laughs> but. Yeah, but uh, okay. So my my hypothesis is wrong on on snot. Yeah, how about this? Okay, I'm constantly telling the kids blow your nose, blow your nose. Yeah, thinking mm -hmm. that the more they blow their nose, right. the quicker the cold's going to go right. away. Is that off? Yes. <laughs> no, I mean getting the mucus out just makes them feel better, but it doesn't change the length. It's just like treating the fever doesn't make the illness go away sooner. It just makes you feel better. Okay, right. So all these things are really to make us feel better, make the child feel better, but doesn't shorten the length or duration of the illness, unfortunately. Otherwise, we'd be just having sneezing fests everywhere. <laughs> Got it. Uh, there you have it today on uh, the Daddy versus Doctor show with myself, Sebastian Maniscalco, an award-winning pediatrician, wow. Dr. Scott Thanks Cohen. That. Have no idea what, what I, awards yeah, he what has, but God, did that sound good coming <laughs> out. amazing. Thank you. 
listen, if you guys want to join us on the show with your issue, with your child, behavior, what have you, please go to daddyversusdoctor.com, visit our website, email us the issue, and we'll get back to you, or just email us at daddyversusdoctor at gmail.com. That's it for us today. We'll see you next time. The opinions expressed in this program are not intended as professional medical advice, as a diagnosis, as a treatment protocol, or as a substitute for professional medical advice from your physician. Please consider your own medical history and consult with your own physician for your specific health care and or medical needs and about your concerns for yourself and your family.